Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life. Once again, welcome to the soundtrack to a life. I am Chris, and have always been so. With me is Liv. Hello. Liv. How you doing? Good. Liv and I are talking about Fall Out Boy's 2013 album, Save Rock and Roll. Liv, tell me about this record. What's your relationship with it? Very, very personal. So this 2013, that had been about, yeah, I feel like that works for me being in grade eight. So that summer, like I isolate myself in the summer between school years. So I didn't really talk to anyone. I just had my family and like the occasional friend that I would maybe talk to. So I mostly just listened to a lot of music and did whatever. And this was also the year I first dyed my hair like a crazy color, which was blue. I remember well, blue was a very prominent color for me in this album for some reason. But um, I don't know if it was Spotify. Back when Spotify had like a blue thing, I think. It was a streaming service that I used that played Alone Together. And I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then I kind of looked into it a bit more and it's pretty good. And then I actually, we had Apple Music at the time. So I downloaded it on that and then listened to the whole album. And I was like, this is amazing. And it was the first Fault Boy album I'd actually ever listened to, which is crazy because I consider myself someone very punk rock. And up until then, I hadn't really listened to Fall Boy. So. No, and then like throughout the years, I would just continue listening to it and I'd switch favorites, but it was always Young Volcanoes and Miss Missing You and Save Rock and Roll were always in the top five for me. It would switch between where in the top five, but it was always those three that like meant a lot to me. And I actually almost sang Young Volcanoes at my grade nine farewell, but uh, we decided to go with a different song from another punk band. But yeah, it's such a weird thing way for me to be introduced to rock and roll and punk rock because it's an album about saving that and I didn't really know what I would be saving if I got if I helped so it makes sense well obviously I have a pre-existing relationship with follow boy mm -hmm. in so much as I was alive and enjoyed guitar music between 2005 and 2007 and these guys were everywhere during that period whether you liked them or not, you yeah. would just have that impressed upon you. But when they came back, I never got back on the train for some reason. I guess maybe I had moved on or they were doing something different. Because I did like them well enough back in the day. I think I would... they went from like punk rock to a bit more pop rock than anything. That makes sense. This album specifically I knew was like Alone Together and My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark were all over like the pop radio which was what i would be listening to at the time because i was like i don't know what genres i listen to so though they were a pretty pop band at the time yeah having big top 40 hits i would destroy this ain't a scene it's an arms race oh my god yeah at karaoke i should sing that sometime soon yeah but it's interesting what this is five years after their previous record to this i think the time off helped them because they were very overexposed by the end of their first run and one of the things when they got back on the radio that I realized was that it turns out I'm not annoyed by Follow Boy. I'm annoyed when every band 
It's Fall Out Boy. It's Fall Out Boy. One Fall Out Boy is a really appropriate number. I mean, that's why it's a singular boy. It's not multiple boys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I actually uh, was impressed by how well I liked it. I enjoyed the energy with which this album starts. The Phoenix is a great track. Yeah. It's like energetic action movie strings, propulsion, and we're going. Mm-hmm. They're just assuming that you're familiar with the whole Fall Out Boy concept. Which I wasn't, and... so when I first fully listened to it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause, yeah, because there is no introduction. It's just, we assume you know Fall Out Boy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. And it just like... 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old me was like, fuck, I wish I wrote that. I'm gonna remake you like a remix. I'm gonna raise you like a phoenix. Fuck, that's poetic genius! That's, that's a very follow Boy line. <laughs> one of the fun things about follow Boy, or one of the most annoying things yeah. about Fall Boy, <laughs> depending on your attitude towards this, is the amount of wordplay. You know what? I have a few, actually, that I, I did get. I'm gonna change you like a remix, then I'll raise you like a phoenix. Anything you say can and will be held against you, so only say my name. That's a very follow-up Yeah. Line. Baby, you were my picket fence. I miss missing you now and oh, then. Yes. <laughs> That's a very follow-up boy line. This is the road to ruin and we started at the end. Yeah. That's a very follow-up boy line. My songs Know What You Did in the Dark is a very follow-up boy <laughs> title. Yeah. It is not as follow-up boy a title as This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race. Or champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that one. <laughs> Follow Boy loves some cute wordplay that is there to mostly amuse themselves, which I get on board with because yeah. my first punk band was Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, <laughs> which did a very similar thing with their yeah. lyrics. But if somebody came up to me and went, no, it's insufferably smug and I hate them because of that, I get it. And like, I, I'm not going to justify it to somebody who's not into it. Yeah. But you want your lyrics to be dad jokes? Here we come with lyrics <laughs> yeah. that are dad jokes. But then you're like, oh my god, there's just a thing that's like, if you think Fall Out Boy lyrics, you think of those because they're so intensely like... They're sticky. Yeah. They stay with you. But you're like, I don't know what this is. Why is this here? But it, and then like for a 12-year-old me listening to Where Did the Party Go? I was like, I don't know what's going on. Because like my parties had been like sleepovers yeah. with girls. So not painting nails, talking about boys. Or girls if you were me. <laughs> Freaked all my friends out with that. But like it wasn't like, even now, I don't consider myself a party animal. I do enjoy an occasional party. But I don't go to parties every other weekend like most of the people in high school I know do. Well, because you are at this moment too young to go out and crush three nightclubs in a weekend. Yes, Zero but that doesn't mean nightclubs that... will let you in. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean people don't host parties because every other parent has gone for the weekend or whatever or gone for the night and they're like, party! Yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. So, like, listening to that and listening to the hints of somewhat sexual references but somewhat not sexual references and you're like, What's going on here? And then I got more into Fall Boy, and I was shocked. Like, even earlier on Under the Cork Tree and Infinity on High. Those two, you can definitely pick them out a lot easier. And then you go into the one with I Don't Care, which is with the red background bear stuff. That one, it's a little less. And then you go back into American Beauty, American Psycho, and you're like, oh, there's a couple in there. That's a thing. I really like the uh, like the timeline of their music so far with their albums. It's yeah. really nice. And even their have they released their new one yet? I'm I have really no bad. No idea. 
purple mania, whatever. But it was like, I just really enjoy how it was like super, super punk rock, slightly less punk rock, but still punk rock. More like alternative rock and roll, more like super, super punk rock, and then super, super like pop rock. Yeah, because they, they do an important job culturally. It does not surprise me that you discovered Fall Out Boy in eighth grade. <laughs> I mean. This is how someone in eighth grade gets introduced to punk rock. Yeah! It was super Five weird. or six years previous to this, it was all of the bands whose name are a verb and then a number. Five years previous to that, it was like Green Day or Offspring. Five or six years previous to that, it was like Billy Idol or something. But there's always a very mainstream sounding band that takes junior high aged kids. Three word bands were my junior high kids. Three word band names. So yeah. Fall Boy, All Time Low, My Chemical Romance. There were a couple like... For me, I, I know I had Billy Talent in there as part of my punk rock scene, but that's mostly because of Dad. And just like, yeah, like, so Fall by All Time Low. I Yeah, I guess those those ones were really the big ones for me in my punk rock. Like, yeah. Black Veil Brides, there we go. I'm trying to think of all of them. It's been so long since I've listened to some of them. Paramore yeah, was moved, like the You've moved on to other different I moved on to more, like... I don't know. Like I listen to punk rock, but it's not like I don't listen to like Fall Out Boy as much as I used yeah, to. Yeah, you don't listen to punk rock that is pitched at junior high students. No, I don't. But it's still like <laughs> Fall Out Boy. It's not for I'm you. I'm not anymore. in junior high. You um, are too old for this genre of music now. I don't enjoy think that so. feeling. It's going to be coming up a lot as stop. you age. Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! How about we stop? No, but like I think there's the beauty of like. Listening to it in junior high and then having to re-listen to listen to it after not listening to it for about a year. Like, I always listen to it at least once a year. But having to re-listen it to it sooner than I thought I would have to for this. And hearing all of the things that I didn't when I was, one, very inexperienced with music production and what goes into a song, as I am now. But also just lyrically and metaphorically and all of that. It's wild. I know what menthols were. I did not know that in grade 8. I, like didn't understand why it was weird that it, I, I thought it was weird that guys were giving girls back rubs and stuff like that and because all referencing where did the party go i didn't know who courtney love was like yeah. i didn't even know who elton john was i think that was actually my first elton john song that's a weird you know what see like but i don't going know going back to paul mccartney doing a song with yeah kanye west that makes sense. everybody has to learn who elton john is yeah somewhere well it might be unless you count moulin rouge's your song because I would have listened to that before. But it wasn't Elton John singing. It was Ian McGregor, which I'm so in love with for his singing voice. It's just so amazing. He's got a good singing voice. So amazing. I yeah. swooned. I... Is he kind of a fuckboy in Moulin Rouge? Oh, so definitely. Yeah, he's absolutely a fuckboy in Moulin Rouge. But you know what? Back in grade 8, I will admit that I had my fair share of interest in that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and like... I'm looking back on people who I had crushes on in junior high that are in high school with me, and I'm like, oh my god, you're such a fuckboy. I hate that. I liked you, and now I'm, and, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I gotta live with this for the rest of my life, man. The worst, most embarrassing dude you know is always dating someone. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I I appreciated that they got Courtney Love in there. I was very surprised by it. Yeah. But it came up and, oh, Courtney Love's on this. Good for her. Yeah. Well, good for them. Who's the get? Courtney Love. There. Is it? I think so. All right. I'm a sucker for that whole punk singer, pop singer duet dynamic. Yeah. Where the pop singer loans the punk singer some of their ability to be on the radio. Yeah. In exchange for some of the punk singer's credibility. But the thing is, the song that Courtney Love is on wasn't on the singles or on the radio. Unless you were listening to, like, 
punk rock stuff that was Fall Out Boy's this. Because, like, the singles were uh, My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark, yep. The Phoenix, Young Volcano, and Save Rock and Roll. So, like, the first two and the last two songs, almost. And it was just, like, so it was... But in an age where Spotify streams replaces radio play, does that That make was that the very difference? beginning of Spotify, though. Because, hmm. and I'm pretty sure the streaming service I used for it was Spotify, but back when, like, I might be going crazy, but like, it had a blue background with it. And I remember because it had the very, like, non-Spotify premium thing, which I'm so not used to anymore, where it's like you skip a songs enough times and it just tells you you can't skip anymore. And I think that's actually how I got introduced to it was because I skipped enough songs and I was stuck on this and I was like, fuck it, fine. And then I was like, hey, this isn't that bad. I like this. Hmm. So. I was less surprised when Elton John turned out. A little less. That dude loves to work. He does. He'll do a song with Eminem. I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm here whatever. for that. Yeah, he did uh, He did stand with Eminem Damn. at an awards show in the middle of Eminem getting called out for just the rampant homophobia that Eminem does with... I don't know if he still does I don't know if he, like... Maybe he's grown and changed as a human being. I don't know, because Slim Shady actually points out that people are more homophobic than they seem. Because there's... I remember directly the line from Slim Shady that it's okay for, like, uh, men to hump dead animals, but a man a man can't kiss or something like that. Like, that's in the song, and I very specifically recognize it. So, I I don't know. That's weird. Okay. You learn something new every day. Um... Patrick Stump's voice is a goddamn foghorn. It is. Right? Like, he's perfect for this. Like, it's a strong, unique voice. He uses it in his belt range (laughs) with zero subtlety or break 100% of the time. I don't think I've actually heard, like, a very calm Fall Out Boy song. That's not how he's chosen to sing. It reduces the amount of tone or texture that Fall Out Boy have available to them to explore. But in terms of power and energy, it's a huge win. Which I guess is the trade-off. Yeah, definitely. No. Even with their their songs that aren't meant for partying, I still can, like, party, too. Save rock and roll, I can get down to. Yeah, like, this is music to sing along to with 10,000 other people. Oh my god, yeah. I don't know how Fall Out Boy functioned as a band before they were famous. Yeah. I feel like this needs the context of an enormous screaming crowd. I think they were just like, you know what? We'll write our songs so that when we get to that point, it makes total sense. But until then, it might sound a little weird. Yeah, because it's not like they were a weird lo-fi band that got big and then adapted to it. Mm-hmm. They pretty much always did this. And it's funny to me to think of a young man in his bedroom with a guitar, teaching <laughs> himself, writing his first song and going, that'll sound great, laid in front of 35,000 people at a major stadium appearance. <laughs> I wonder how many people could scream into the lyrics of this. It feels presumptuous. But then you think, you know what? Then he's like, you're talking about the song is written so that people can scream along. But then you listen to songs like Sugar, We're Going Down. And you're like, what the fuck are you saying? We're going down, down, dibby, dibby, doo, dong. (laughs) Sugar, we're going down swinging. A diva, da, ba, da, diva, dooby. A dobby, da, ba. Cock it and pull it. So probably I'll be your number one with a bullet. A loaded gun complex, cock it and pull it. That's correct. Look at me. I know something. We're going down, down in another round. Mm, I think it's, oh, we're going down, down, ibid, dibby, doo, doll. You know what? For the first time, I'm going to Google this so that we can actually. <laughs> You're going to Google it so as to demonstrate <laughs> that the lyric is not ibid, dibby, doo, doll. <laughs> yeah. Well, because people who may not know Fall Boy, which is weird, they need to know that it's not just in, incon- like, <laughs> okay. 
Give me a second. We're going down, down in an earlier round. Ha! Uh, and sugar, we're going down swinging. I'll be your number one with a bullet, a loaded god complex, cock it and pull it. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a dippy doo that was better, though. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I mean, that's what I say anyways, because he just jumbles it all together, so you're like, a lot of god complex, cock and pull it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's about things. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's uh, needs to me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not music from a band that's trying to work through some shit. No. This is meant for mass communication and communion and celebration. Mass connection. Yeah. And, like, you know what? This was the first album, I think, that they did where it didn't have lyrics that were hard to sing along to. I mean, like, the Phoenix, with just everything that's going on when you get to the chorus, it's a bit weird. But, like, Miss Missing You, I could sing along to. Where Did the Party Go To? I could sing along to. Just One Yesterday. I could pretty much... Also, because I'm a super fan, I could pretty much sing along to any song on this album, but even, like, the first time listening to them, I could still, like, sing along to it, because it had choruses that I could understand, which is why I think that's where you get the pop aspect, where you talk about, like, choruses that repeat, but not too much, but enough that you can sing along with them the next time you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like, by the end of the first listen, which is what has served them so well on radio, I guess. They were, like I said, everywhere. And then Pete married Ashley Simpson, mm-hmm. and they were the worst Hollywood power couple. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, we live for all power couples, but damn, I'm a sucker for a natty punk dude at a red carpet event looking uncomfortable that he belongs there. I feel like he always looks uncomfortable with a though. woman in a full gown, glammed up. Yeah, uh, which is why all of Pete Davidson's relationships are hilarious to me. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, like, I can see that he's the human embodiment of. Wait, him? Huh? What is he, funny? Weed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Pete Davidson is weird. Dated Ariana Grande. You know what? So think of talking about pop artists. be really interesting to see a fall boy Ariana Grande mix together. I wouldn't hate it. I would not. And you know what? I like went from like hating Ariana Grande's music, but like the past three albums she's released, maybe just the past two that she's done, I don't hate, and I actually have all of them saved to my Spotify. Yeah, as as, uh, as she took control of her own career. Yeah. Oh my god, the, la- the most recent album was just... Fun. It was fun, it's and the fun last listen. song, Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, I hate to love it. I love to hate it. All of it. She deserves that. <laughs> she does. She really does. It's... Anyways. Yeah, at some, but point, like... at some point in around December, my opinion on her got flipped. Yeah. And now I'm on board. Yeah. No, sometime in August when she released Sweetener. Because all my friends were like, you have to listen to it. And I'm like, fucking fine. It was great because Sweetener's the first one by her that I liked, which allowed me in December to go, hi, I think I like Ariana Grande now. I'm going to go back and revisit her catalog. Yeah. See if I was missing out on something. Oh, I'm not? Good. Chill. I haven't wasted any time. Yeah. I mean, and but like, if you think about that with Ariana Grande and Fall Boy would be wonderfully weird. Because you've got her pop, but also semi Eh, rap, and then like high vocals with just the screaming from Fall Out Boy. I mean, like in if you look at American Beauty, American Psycho, they did Irresistible with Demi Lovato, and that I don't know. I feel like that's a little different because she was pop, but she was also like she's an artist that will scream. So like having Ariana Grande's daintiness that doesn't scream versus I don't know. Ariana's scream. got a pretty decent belt range. I feel like she does, but like not in the same style that Fall Out Boy is. Go back and listen to Bang Bang. Please don't listen to Bang Bang. There are much better Ariana Grande songs than Bang Bang. 
as well as every song that's not by Ariana Grande that you could be listening to instead of Bang Bang. You know what? But I'm not gonna take lie. my word for it that she is utilizing her belting range really effectively. Okay, we'll just move away from that <laughs> small idea of a trio that got together. I mean, it worked for everybody. I mean, yeah. And yeah, Fall Out Boy has by this point very much morphed into a pop band. No, not fully. Their new songs are. Their new songs are not fully pop. It's like they're holding on to what made them punk rock, but applying that to pop so that they I can mean, get the widespread. I'm not using pop as a pejorative. I'm just pointing out this is a very produced record. Yes. Like Fall Out Boy have always been slickly produced, but this is a completely different level from Extremely. Under the Cork Tree or Infinity on High. This is immaculate. Every piece is there for a reason to serve the whole, and it is seamless. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like punk to me, which is maybe like gatekeepery. They are the biggest mainstream punk band in the world. So I guess by definition, this is what mainstream punk sounds <laughs> yeah. like. At what point does a punk band with a strong pop sense morph into a pop band with a punk influence? Because that point is definitely one of the Fallout Boy records, but I wouldn't be able to tell you which one. It's hard. Like, like with Beck, it's hard to place them in just one area. Yeah. They move along that axis. They do. And it's, unlike Beck, they have, like, you can define it as punk pop, or pop punk and, like, punk rock and all of that. Like, so they have definitive labels, but they switch around with them. Yeah. And really, nobody's making guitar pop right now. No. Other than these guys, Maroon 5, Ooh. and Imagine Dragons. And if those Jonas are, Brothers came back. If those are my three options... Fall Boy. I'm going to take Fall Boy. But I mean, I mean, and I'm if not you saying, think about it. I'm not saying... Like, I'm not comparing Fall Boy to Maroon 5. Like, you definitely... There's, there's differences. You can tell what the members of this band's jobs are. Ooh. Like, they still, they still function as a band. Huge dig on Maroon 5, damn! I'll go after Maroon 5. Like, you can tell, but you At can tell... Maroon 5. You can tell what the people other than the singer are doing, whereas Maroon 5, in their worst moments, feel more like the co-owners of a successful lifestyle brand. Yeah, I can see that. Than a viable guitar music act. Yeah. I don't know. Does Jonas Brothers count as guitar music? It's 2007. I'll be honest, I listened to no Jonas Brothers. I'm going to say Castle so. Guitar Music because it was like two guitars and three singers. Weren't they Disney pop? They were Disney pop. The best Disney pop. And were they're they? back. Were they? Oh my god, no. 2007. Who are they competing with to be the best Disney pop? Hannah they're Montana. They're competing with Miley Cyrus. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. They're competing with Ariana. No. Yeah. Ariana's passed them. Jonas just, Brothers broke no, up. We're, we're doing history, man. All, all history? Then <laughs> yeah. we're competing with Britney, too, we're then. We're competing with Britney. We're competing with Justin. Okay. Is Justin Disney we're pop? Yep. Okay, I can we're see that. He was on the Mouseketeers. We're competing Ew. with Christina Aguilera. No, okay, you got to compete with that timeline, no, which is like Hannah Montana, Demi Lovato. Thing, baby. <laughs> That's not fair, because we're not competing with the whole thing for Fall Out Boy, because then they're nowhere near punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. No, no. In my opinion, I when I talked about last time, not the Beck one, but like when we were doing Dandy Warhols and Dreamers, Avril Lavigne and her influencing punk rock, it wasn't like Jonas Brothers were punk rock, but they were definitely rock in yeah, the Disney in sense. And it was pretty great. And I feel like that also led me to jo listen to Fall Out Boy. I had a good thing for like 
boys in bands who like to play music being like, fuck you, I'm going to sing what I fucking want. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So I'm assuming from your spirited defense that you had a crush on one of the Jonas Brothers. Oh, most definitely. Which Nick one? Jonas all the way. <laughs> it, everyone was like, I like Joe Jonas or Nick Jonas. And I'll admit, I was part of the girls who like Nick Jonas. I just felt bad for Kevin because I didn't know his name was Kevin until like five days ago. There's a third one? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Which of them sang that weird stalker song? Which stalker song? More like Joe Jonas is part of Dance Now, DNC. He's the lead singer for that. I don't think Kevin's doing any music unless it was with Jonas Brothers. Nick did Jealous and uh, Levels. I think that's one of his songs. I still get, like, he sings that I still get jealous. So I don't know when you say stalker song because I don't listen to mainstream media music anymore. You don't have to. Mm hmm. Radio does not confine me anymore because Spotify is a thing. Correct. Radio is for when you only had time to throw four cassettes into a bag. What's that like? You only got to listen to those four cassettes all day. Ugh. I mean, if you like the music, I listen to the same playlist. Well, yeah, all day. you own them. That's the thing. Music was very expensive, which meant that there were no misses in your collection of music. Everything that you own that you might throw into a bag to listen to all day was something that you spent between $12 and $16 on. I feel like I do remember, with when it comes to cassettes, I do remember in kindergarten and grade one using them, and that's the last I remember of them. Yeah, they're a dead format. Other than the fact that I made a mixtape for my friend Olaf in order to troll him last year. Why? Because I thought it was funny. What were you trolling him with? He's a hipster now. God. I got him a mixtape, I got him a portable cassette deck, I got him a case of other cassettes to play on his new cassette deck. He's now that guy. It's all completely <laughs> non-consensual. Like... Also... <laughs> The mixtape exists on a Spotify playlist that he does not have access to. If he wants to listen to it, he will listen to it on cassette as God intended. <laughs> You're such an awful person. Yeah, it's a really good mix. Um. <laughs> it's the other thing. The whole thing sounds great. And you, yeah, you know what? And like, all okay. Of, all of my favorite music that came out. The Return the of the Cassette. I get that it's fashionable, but I feel like part of that was also influenced by 13 Reasons Why, which worries me. Well, because that's how, in the first season, it was all about that. In the book, it was all about that. So that was definitely influence of cassette. I know definitely Mademoiselle, the band, they have a cassette thing, but they also do a thing where if you buy a cassette, you also get, like, a digital code to download it for free because you bought the cassette. So, like, the cassette's more like a novelty thing that you can just have and be like, I have a cassette. Yep. I think part of it is also Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's no reason for it. Vinyl came back because, A, if you get a high enough quality stereo system, it does sound better. And B, because of a generation of mostly dudes my age who limewired all of their music and then all of their favorite bands broke up because they weren't making money off music and needed to get day jobs again. And then we felt shitty and have been paying full price for music ever since. <laughs> Yeah, but, sense. like, cassettes sound objectively worse. You're literally only listening to them. That sucks. Out of some misguided sense of hipster nonsense. Why did and they, why would they think, nostalgia. did we go to vinyls to cassettes then to CDs? Yeah. Why did we go from circle to square to circle? Yeah, we went from vinyl to cassette then to CD. Circle to square to circle! Why? Because you could uh, listen to it while you walked around. You could do that with CDs? Not at first. The fuck? CDs skipped like crazy on the early discments. Glad like, I live in a world where I don't have to worry about any of that. If you put I a, don't remember a time before phones. If you put a cassette into a portable cassette player and then hung that off your belt and then put headphones on 
and then when you did skateboard tricks, mm -hmm. it would continue to play. Whereas if you did one skateboard trick, no, your CD has just turned itself off. Bye! <laughs> your full price buddy was worth shit. They sounded better when you listened to them at home. Is that anything? No, because then your parents would be like, fucking turn off that noise. That's correct. Can't wait for that in university. That, that part of the authentic <laughs> 80s, 90s experience you have exactly right. That has never changed. Uh, it Every never generation will. generation thinks the subsequent I live in the basement. music is garbage. I live in the basement. My mom's still like, shut off the noise. I feel like I'm a little less exposed to that than like other people are. Like people who are really into the quote unquote popular music now have that problem. But I, since I developed my music from my dad and my mom's music taste, which is really weird of acoustic and punk rock, gothic, yeah. weird shit. Like, together, it just, because it's made from music that they enjoy, too, I don't get yelled at for that. Yeah, it's like the contemporary I version of something that they already like. We went to, Dad and I went to Long McQuaid because I had to get uh, bass rosins for my trip to Germany. On the way, uh, we saw the uh, gorgeous eight-string ukulele that I'm in love with, and I'm so willing to get a cheap grad dress for so that I can get that instead for grad. Because I want it really badly. But um, on the way there... It, his car automatically connected to my phone instead of his, so I was like, fuck you, I'm DJ now. Started playing songs that I enjoyed listening to. Played a song by Tyler, the creator, like one of his more recent songs yeah. called Glitter. He was like, this is fucking garbage, turn it off. And I was like, the first time he ever dissed my music, and I was like, okay, tears curling down my cheek. Okay, nice song. Because I'm oh. not used to people, like, especially my family dissing my music like that, just because we've had such a close connection with that. Yeah. You should start calling him a baby boomer whenever he does that. I will. <laughs> Dad, be ready. <laughs> tell me more about what I'll do is tell me just... more about the Beatles boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you know the shitty thing is he will though. <laughs> He'll be like, "Well, oh, no. good music." Oh God, don't lean into it. <laughs> What's Ever... a band that was from baby boomer generation that could really annoy him? I don't even. Billy Idol? No. No, it's more Gen X-y. Yeah. Just as, what's a song from your generation, or a band from your generation that he would hate? I don't know. We let Hanson have him. I don't know. Just stood there. Okay. Aqua had one of the biggest song singles. You know what? I'll just play Barbie Girl every single time that, the stereo, uh, that I get control of the aux cord. So you can remember what it was like in high school. Yeah! That's sweet of you. Remember that over 20 years ago, Dad, that was a song for your high school generation. <laughs> Fuck you. You're <laughs> Post Malone. <laughs> you know what? He doesn't hate his Post Malone as much as Tyler the Creator, which is weird, because Tyler the Creator, you can understand what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, but Post Malone, you can tune out. Ow. Sorry. <laughs> That's true, now I'm thinking Post, about it. Post Malone makes songs that work well on Spotify chill-out mixes. That's how he became famous. Yeah. And it all sounds very pleasant and backgroundy. If you're wondering what's going to play in elevators when you're in your 40s, it's definitely Post Malone. Aw. I like elevator music Just now, though. Soft and pleasant in the background that but, you don't have to think too hard about while you go about your day. But no, I wouldn't say Post Malone, though. I would say other artists. Maybe like Julia Michaels, Maybe. the girl who did Issues. I think that's her name. Yeah, but Post Malone's the one that hit Critical Match. True. He's going to be still remembered in 20 years. That's a good point. To use for that purpose. Mostly for the face tattoos and the fact that he was white as shit, but he tried to make himself look black. Uh, did he? Uh, he always struck me as looking more like a squeegee punk. There we go. attempting to recreate an authentic black experience I just don't on know. a white dude. Why, is rap why are rappers so, like, invested in face tattoos? Because they can be. A face tattoo is a good way to announce to the world I am famous enough that I will never need a day job again. 
That's gonna there, suck. There is no going back now. I am a professional artist for the rest of my life. <laughs> Whether I want to be or not is what a face tattoo does. Yikes. I'm not saying you have to. No, I'm not saying <laughs> that I'm going to because there's no way. I want to be saying, a teacher, Chris. Yeah, I'm saying the people that do, that is part of it. It's just going to suck when that all backfires. Next thing you know, Post Malone's just got a job making elevator music <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> I feel like next thing you know, Post Malone has a job high-fiving a million angels because the Post Malone money will never run out. He's already gotten to the point that the dude is not going to have to work a day in his life if he doesn't want to, unless he makes some phenomenally bad decisions at some point along the line. Which, I don't know anything about Post Malone. That's what his I music is like for. I don't feel like he would. I, yeah, I don't feel like he's like a the, the very little I've seen of him, he seems like a fairly <laughs> responsible person who has a lot of face tattoos. But the difference between, like, his music and, like, newer Fall Out Boy music, bringing it back to Fall Out Boy, awesome segue. <laughs> I feel like now he is just writing on the, oh, uh, you know what? First couple of albums did Wicked. Don't really need to worry too much about it now. I can just kind of simmer out until I die. Whereas Fall Boy, they're like, first couple of albums did Wicked, let's do another one. Like, they just keep pushing. Yeah, because they need that mass communication. They live off of it. This is weird music to sit at home with a book, too. This is great music. Heaven's Gate on Mania oh, yeah? is probably, the, even that it's pushing it, the only song I would listen to if I wanted to read. But even then, I just like the the but even lyrics. Even then, that's one song. Like how much? It's one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just on repeat. But even then, even if it's just the one song, I will crack because the way he sings it is so soulful. I have to sing along with yeah. him. Have to. I'm pretty sure my mom hates that song because of the amount of times I'm singing in the shower. Because the shower is the only place where I can actually scream. Yeah, this is the sort of music that forces you to interact with. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to me to see just do to the seamlessness of the production, how does this get played live? Because, like, you're now trying to create this level of studio production, post-production, so, and all that you've got is four dudes with instruments? How many? It, four, in five? this album, at least, it sounds like they've got, like, four and yeah, five instruments. Yeah. So, like, it wouldn't be that bad. And, like, if you think about, like, Bands that I have seen live, so that's what I'm drawing upon, Billy Talent, Queens of the Stone Age, have very seamless recordings and all of that and like even though you can't tell apart the instruments and there are parts where it is very produced but then you see them play that stuff live and you're like i don't hate that it's really yeah. fun so i feel like fall boy fits in that category too where it's like even if it's seamless there's that if you see it live you get to see that grittiness to it that you kind of miss out on i wish that we could verify that somehow you should have gone while you were in ireland dude i would have gotten <laughs> kicked out so fucking fast no, no, okay, so we talked about this too. We were talking about the Eden stuff and Cure. No, like, the trip has such intense boundaries. Man. If I try to sneak away, if I tried to sleep in a room that wasn't my own, even if it was another girl's room, I would probably get sent home. Or, like, pulled away from the group and stayed in the hotel all day. Which sucks ass, because I'm going to be in Germany. Why would I want to do that? How old will you be when you're in Germany? When, this one? Yeah. 17. How is a 17-year-old not allowed to slip off on her own because she is so overparented and oversupervised, and yet we are not even vaccinating half of our kids. Chris, like, I don't know if you know the world we live in. Germany was a really bad place in the past. They don't. No, they're fine now. <laughs> they're doing better now. But like, I'm saying on about... our point, like you're in prime. Go do some stupid shit that you regret later. Period of your life. You have that perfect mix 
of I can do anything hubris and never having had that blow up right in your face. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Which I guess is why they want you to do dumb nonsense. But it's also like these teachers and the two parent supervisors that are with us have to gain the trust of our parents to let us go out of the country. No, I get it. Across it's... the ocean yep. to another thing. And if they find that they lose their kid for an hour, they're like, oh, we fucked up so No, bad. I get it. If a kid gets murdered, there's going to be a problem. You know what? Which I'm saying actually... Germany is a bad place. I'm just saying... It's possible. Knowing my luck, it could happen if I tried to sneak away. Yeah, I mean, the danger, I think, would probably be less than in some places, but... Less than America. They're really going for zero. No, don't travel to America. That's why we don't travel to America. Do we go not. to Europe for a reason. We almost didn't get to go to Ireland last year because it was almost considered to be a part... Like, it's not a part of the UK. We didn't get to go to Northern Ireland because that's a part of the UK, and the UK is technically deemed unsafe by the Calgary Board of Education for travel stuff. Really? Yeah. I love being safe. I enjoy it. I, get it. I feel like that takes away a lot of the risk and the joy from life, though. I get that this isn't a really PC thing to say in 2019. Mm-hmm. Being a 6'3 inch dude is great. <laughs> like. Being a 5'7 girl who actually has yeah. been, had people, a lot of people in my school have seen me wrestle, and I've like thrown guys who are my size or bigger across like a mat. So, like, they know that if they fuck with me, they'll probably get a punch to the face, and I don't care if I'm suspended for it, because you're not supposed to fuck with me. So, like, I ha at school I have a reputation of, like, you don't fuck with me. But, like, you go to a different country! You don't have so. that reputation. Whereas I am still this size. I can walk home at two in the morning, half in the bag with headphones in, and I am always physically safe. Yeah, see, um... It's great. I would recommend it for everybody. If I could help to live create, in a world of six three giants. If I could help to create a world in which everybody were allowed to do that, I would happily do so. At the moment it's only people like me. I'm gonna take the time and appreciate it. I yeah, I mean I appreciate the care that people put in for me. I went to on Valentine's Day there was a show called Galentine's at Quiet Calgary, which was all a, a fundraiser to support Girls Rock Camp Calgary. And um I went to that, but it wasn't gonna end till like eleven. And it didn't start till like seven, so I was like, "Oh, okay. I'll just if you don't want to give me a ride, I'll just take the bus." But it was like a block away from the cafe to the bus stop, and so like all of my parents were like, "Make sure you don't have music playing as you're walking if this happens." I didn't even end up walking. My stepdad came and picked me up, but like they were all just like, "Be safe." And yeah, I'm they like, wanted to not get murdered. I don't want to get murdered either. Part of it's probably the fact that I was all but moved out of my house by sixteen, so I, I, people I, should be allowed to do literally anything. As much as I make self-deprecation jokes about wanting to die, I really don't. No. Unless it's my own terms. That's like correct. You want to be in control of that. Yeah. It's my fucking life. What are you, who are you to say if you can take it or not? Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> on that note, I guess we're reaching the end. Fuck, really? Yeah. We're ending it on the most inappropriate possible thing. That you could have said. So, and then that's so, what we're leaving the audience with. No, 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 no. Let's end this on a good note. I nope, can't really... Nope. Fall Out Boy. <laughs> <laughs> this album's a good album to listen to before you die. There it we is. go. It is. I am going to listen to this record probably again. Mm -hmm. I don't listen to a ton of Fall Out Boy in my day-to-day -day life. I did not get introduced to punk rock by Fall Out Boy. I yeah. got introduced to punk rock by like Green Day Offspring type yeah. things. Carter and whatnot. But they're good. And mm -hmm. this is as good as their other ones. And every... Year, year and a half, two years. I'll wake up and go, nope, taking an emo day. <laughs> and then just rock Fallout Boy nonstop for the rest of the day. And this will be thrown into the mix with that. And as far as 
ending the episode. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to probably end things on Save Rock and Roll. It yeah. was good enough to end the album. It's good enough to end this. Uh, this has been the soundtrack to a life. Follow along on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast, SoundtrackCast.com. Like us, rate us, review us, share us, trade us? Trade? Is there a way to trade a podcast for something? I don't trade know. a podcast by going on someone else's podcast and they come on to your podcast? Yeah, I still got to organize that. I got a gentleman in Australia that I'm trying to do that one. Liv, plug your pluggables. My music on Bandcamp, please support my career. I'm a dying almost in university child that needs help. Please buy my songs. What is the web address of your Bandcamp? The Andy Band on Bandcamp. There we go. This has been the Soundtrack to a Life. Come back in two weeks for a new guest and a new record. Fall Out Boy. It's good music to die to, <laughs> according to Liv. I did not say Should that. be your takeaway. <laughs> no. Bye. Wherever I go.